Hello, welcome to Don't Overdo It with Fluffy and Baggins. I'm Baggins. I'm Fluffy. Alrighty, and then this week on this episode, we are actually doing fan fictions. You guys probably remember from last our last episode. Um, so we are actually going to go ahead and uh, talk about that. Yes, uh, you may realize that this is not Sunday, uh, nor is it the Sunday we originally anticipated doing this. If even if it was Sunday, which is my fault, um, because well I was sick, so I did I had my my throat was really sore and it hurt to talk. To be honest, it hurt to breathe. So you you know I'm lucky I survived, and um, <laughs> swallowing, talking, all that stuff just exacerbated my condition. But then also I was tired, and um, I I have made the executive decision for this podcast. <laughs> that we will be releasing content when we damn well feel like it. It's going to happen when it happens, okay? Yeah. So if you can't get on board with that, um, we're sorry, but we understand. <laughs> and please you stay com- with us. You are well within your rights. Yes. To just leave. <laughs> but pop back anytime. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so we're going to go over that. So we did establish some rules for our fan fiction, because uh, if you listen to our last podcast, you may... Or if you read fan fiction, realize that there are a lot of parameters that you can um, play with. So we wanted to set up some uh, stuff to stay in line with everything, uh, but then also give us enough opportunity to explore new content. Okay. Um, Yeah, and so if you remember, Fluffy said she was going to do uh, fanfiction.net, and then I was doing um, uh, archiveofourown.com. So our filters that we decided that we came up with were going to be uh, no AUs, so no alternate universes, no funny stuff. Uh, well, you know, funny business, not comedy. Uh, <laughs> I picked a romance anyway, so yeah. <laughs> Mine was angsty and of course it was. Oh my god. Anyway, but um, <laughs> and then uh, completed. All the stories had to be completed. And well, both stories had to be completed. Um, nothing higher than a T rating, so you know nothing dirty. No sauciness. Uh, we we do have explicit marked, but also we try to we try to keep it <laughs> in the realm of civility. And then also, uh, we are trying to keep our well, trying. Don't you to keep it. our word count between five thousand or fifty thousand and a hundred thousand. So the emphasis on the trying is because I forgot that particular... <laughs> so I remembered everything else that we did, and I forgot the word count limit we had set. I remembered that it was a minimum of 50,000, and I tried going back through our messages to find the original, but we text each other a lot, and that was a lot of effort, so I just kind of, like, gave up <laughs> and assumed that it was fifty to 200,000. I was like, that seems really high, but whatever. You know, instead of asking the other person <laughs> who would know. Yeah, well, I, since I was kind of the one who set up that rule, I felt a little like I should know it. <laughs> anyway, so I broke the rule because my my fan fiction was 173,000. So, yeah, I was an overachiever, but this now makes up for the first week. I don't if you guys have been with us from the first week, you will remember <laughs> that Baggins had a book twice the size of mine <laughs> and oh, she struggled man. through it. <laughs> yeah. But I did it, and then you were still working on yours. (laughs) You guys will find that of the two of us, I'm usually the rebel (laughs) at my own game. So I don't know if it's really a true rebellion. 
<laughs> uh, but more to the point. So we're going to start off by kind of giving you an intro into the lovely um, fan-made works that we selected. And I'm going to stop you right there. <laughs> because I actually had something else to say about the, the rules. Because we discussed about how um, fan fiction has like way more different settings and stuff that you can kind of sort through things with. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems that we discussed was that Archive does not have that. Well, you guys, I figured it out. Oh, the word count? Yes, I did. I managed to find a nifty-difty thing where, okay, say you search. I'm going to search the word dog because I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then um, once you do that, and your phone loads, because they, here, I'm just going to turn off Wi-Fi. Okay, um, yeah, edit your search. What you do is you go down into... Um, All these tags look familiar. Keep going, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, dear. Hold on. Okay, here. Because it's not showing up the right way. Hmm. Baggins's hack may yeah, not be it, so hacktacular. It worked amazingly when I did it the first time here. Complete. Because uh, it'll pop up on the side. Oh, mm-hmm. is it because you're using your mobile maybe it's not working? Well, no, because this is this is how I did it the first time. Maybe you should pause this. This might take a moment. <laughs> so after a brief technical interlude, we've discovered that Baggins doesn't know what she's talking about. They, it's not, they updated the search. Okay, when I had to search it, they had a, they had a Two field. Two weeks ago. Yeah, they had a field that said, so within, search within field. Okay. And this was separate from the, um, from the additional tags field. Okay. And so with search within field, you would type in the word sort and then colon, and then you type in your word and then you would do your word amount that you wanted or you could do like this that and the other and you could make it to where it goes inverse to where it shows you the word it's sorted by word from most words to least words back and forth anyways uh now they have a filter that is completely word count and that's all it is just word count because they updated it in two weeks yeah it's not my fault (laughs) i didn't know that they were suddenly going to get with the game okay i didn't understand i didn't know the before, see, if we had done this on Sunday, because they probably did this yesterday, <laughs> if we had just recorded on Sunday when we were supposed to, I wouldn't sound like such a jerk right now. So really, this is your fault. <laughs> um, do you need an aluminum hat? Yes, <laughs> I do. <laughs> anyway, so for those of you listening that haven't figured out what's going on, on our previous podcast, we talked about how... Uh, Archive of Our Own didn't have <laughs> the option for word count, and that was going to be one of the parameters we were going to set. So, well, they Bag- do now. <laughs> Baggins went apparently through this big ordeal. I Googled it and everything. I had to hunt down how to do this process without a specific word count field, and then they went and they added one. So, so during apparently in the last three days, a word count field was added. And they've even got a drop down for how you want it sorted. You had to type in weird shit to make it do that before. <laughs> it made it so much better, and I'm so angry. <laughs> so in case you you haven't been on Archive of Our Own recently, apparently in the last few days, they made improvements. Um, At least on mobile. Uh, yes, on mobile. 
I don't I don't know about hold on, let me let me find out. Oh my god. No, we're done. We're moving on. We're we're gonna we're gonna go past Good, this. Because I can't figure out how to get off mobile. <laughs> <laughs> so this website anyway, has me. Back to back to the point. We are going to, as I mentioned earlier, going to talk about we're gonna do a summary of the stories we picked. And then we're going to talk about uh, why we pick these stories. Um, ob- the obvious reason is because we like the fandom, but a little, hopefully, more detail than that. And it's a little on the nose, <laughs> don't you think? <laughs> and then uh, how it relates to the fandom. So, basically, how is it not alternate universe? <laughs> anyway. Oh, my God. Baggins, you need to move on. It's time to... I can't move on. <laughs> it's time to move on. Talk about your story it's like now. You don't even know me. <laughs> She's going to be sitting here trying to figure this out while I'm talking. Anyway, my story, okay, is called "It Only Takes a Lie," which you know, hint, hint, wink, wink. Someone tells a lie in the story, and it really just puts all the events in motion. Okay, so basically, um, this story, without kind of delving into how it's not a you, but basically, this story takes place um, a long time before. Uh, the events of The Hobbit. Yeah, so her fandom's The Hobbit, surprise. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Hobbit. Because uh, no one saw that coming. <laughs> um, I almost actually did Star Trek just to be an asshole. Um, I would have applauded. <laughs> you don't get applause for Hobbit. This is probably not like the fourth Hobbit-themed podcast because... I know. I'm just... I'm going to conquer them all. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. Okay, so basically, um, this story, it takes place when Feely is just, Thorin's nephew, is just a little kid. Uh, Keely has not even been born yet. He's about to be born, though. But, um, yeah, so he hasn't even been born yet. And basically, he's told by some asshole human children in Aird Lewin, uh, which is where the dwarves live, um, before they go try to recapture Air War. Uh, basically, that with dwarves, um, they only have one kid. And that if a dwarf has another kid, then that means that they really hate their first kid and that they want to replace them. Aww. And so Feely, being a little adorable cherub of a child, it believes this monster kid. Mm-hmm. And um, basically, and uh, the kid's like, so your only option so that you're not the spare is to you have to run away. And... Um, Feely basically believes this kid, and I'll explain why once we get we delve more into our stories. But, um, yeah, and so everything just unfolds from there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's that's my summary. So, what is the like, what's the primary like? So, you said it's angsty because it, he runs away, and then no one knows where he's at, and everyone's all upset because there's this little dwarfling missing, and it's just oh my god. It rips out your heart. And then, like, he spends this whole story convinced that his family doesn't want him. And, yeah, it's just, it's very upsetting. And then there's orcs. Okay, there's battles in this story. And it's just, it's crazy. Okay. Well, I did not pick a fandom that I have talked about. Because I like to try new things. Ooh, someone's adventurous. (laughs) Um, I think you're better than me. Yes. <laughs> Only at trying new things. Fight me. <laughs> Offline. Offline, boo. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so I picked, I actually picked from the uh, Divergent fandom, uh, which 
If you are a fan of Divergent, then you know what it is. If you're not a fan, but you've heard of it, you've probably heard it as the Hunger Games knockoff, which it's not. Just so you guys know, before this thing started, um, we did like a whole half hour where Fluffy explained (laughs) to me the entire plot of Divergent because not only have I not read Hunger Games, so she couldn't even be like, oh, it's a, it's a Hunger Games knockoff. And I was like, uh, joke's on you. I haven't even read that. So you're going to have to explain all of it to me. But yeah, so she had to sit through and go through the entire Divergent plot from beginning to end. Yes. And then I started asking background questions because I'm that kind of asshole. <laughs> But yeah. yeah, so anyways, continue. So it's it, it has been referred to as but more for when the movies came out than I think the books, because fun fact, uh, the like Hunger Game books came out in like the mid 2000s, but the movies didn't come out until like 2010s. So there's a good like 10 to 15 year gap. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like, oh, what's this crazy thing? And I'm like, this shit's been around since I was in like middle school, guys. <laughs> How are you just now catching on? Anyway, but there was a bunch of books back in the day that I read that were very much, like, dystopian, young adult-type deals. Children killing children. Um, yeah, that's more... Hunger Games was more... Oh, no, actually, yeah, kind of all of them. Now I think about it. You right. Lord of Flies. (laughs) True that. Shout out to the original. Yeah. But, um... (laughs) Oh, yeah, actually, I didn't read that one either. (laughs) You haven't read Lord of Flies? Lord of the Flies. Let's yeah. let's include articles. But I'm no. sorry. No, I did not read it. Excuse me for not properly enunciating Lord of the Flies. I assumed you heard the of in between everything else. No, yeah, I heard of. You just didn't say the. Oh, you were just like Lord of Flies. Oh my bad. It, it All right, well I'll matter. take that criticism. I'm just being a jerk. No, I'll take that criticism. But um, yeah, no, I never read it. What? That's I, crazy. As far as I can tell, it's a bunch of kids on a beach. Uh, That's all I know, and I'm not even <laughs> sure about that. Like, I think I just saw a picture of a, a movie about it, and it was some kids on a beach. Yeah, all right. We don't have time to get into that. Okay. We'll talk about that later, because that's a okay. whole other... I can't believe you never read The Flies. Anyway, you really have no idea what's going on in my books then. Yeah, so no, uh, I thought I was very clear about this. <laughs> I assumed you had some type of background. No. Uh, anyway, point is, so Divergent... Um, it was my series. Now you got me all thrown off because I'm thinking about how you've never read Lord of the Flies. <laughs> what is wrong with anyway? So I picked a Divergent fandom. I didn't read The Giver either. Oh, God. I never, <laughs> actually, I didn't read The Giver. I'll give you that one. I didn't, I didn't read that. Anyway, we digress so much. But so the the fun so the fun fact about the fan, the fan fiction I picked uh, was I think I may have inadvertently been influenced to pick it, which I, I told Baggins about this. So what happened was, while reading it, um, I realized that it sounded very familiar. So the summary is, um, this is basically a full-length alternate third book with a completely original and a very satisfying ending works instead of Allegiant or after it. Allegiant is the third book in the Divergent trilogy. And it was shit. Um... <laughs> Spoiler alert, I guess. Yeah, spoiler alert. It was shit. Don't read it. Just stop at the second one. The first two, pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, I would say they're very much up there if you like, you know, dystopian young adult novels. They're they're right up at your alley. Third book, awful. Anyway, so while reading my fan fiction, though, I realized that it sounded very familiar, and I was like, oh my god, have I read this before? Well, I have not, but what I discovered through research, because I was really, like, confused was that I had read about it. 
in the review section of the Amazon Allegiant book reviews, which I left a very scathing review of (laughs) because I hated it. And somebody in the book reviews mentioned that you should read this fan fiction instead of the original works by Veronica Roth. (laughs) I'm calling her out. And I was like, oh shit. But fair, they were right. It was it was much better. Um so yeah, so anyway, the if you read the original Divergent books, they talk about like the spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't, so if you haven't you want to stop listening now. I assumed you would know that we were gonna spoil shit. Or like just skip what Fluffy's saying. Yeah, just skip just, just skip to until you hear Baggins lovely voice again. <laughs> um but there's like the genetic bureau and like shit gets really weird. Uh, to be fair, the whole series is kinda weird sometimes, but shit gets extra weird. Uh, so this fan fiction follows it, it follows similar trends in that they go out into like the real world outside of New Chicago and people who have not read the series have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. But which is probably most of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, so the name is Determinant, and so Determinant, d- Determinant. Oh my god, it's gonna drive me crazy saying that. Um, they go out and they find out the genetic bureau is real and. Uh, the mind control thing. Uh, so there's still, like, serums and everything, and there's this whole thing with mind control. Um, and along the way, like, peril happens. So <laughs> that's that's the point of it in, in jest. Or gist. Not in jest. It's not a joke. In <laughs> it's just a very it. serious thing. <laughs> the gist of it. Uh, but it's a romance, obviously. Uh, romance, fantasy... Um, like I said, it was 173,000 words. So pretty lengthy. I can't, how many chapters was it? I forgot how many, I think it's 50 chapters. Yes, 50 chapters. Oh, and the cool thing about this though. So, um, the Divergent books, um, are, so the first one and then the second one are told through Triss, who's the main character, her perspective. And then the third one, um, Allegiant is told through hers and then her love interest slash partner, um, Tobias, who is also called for. Um, so they kind of flip-flop between Tobias and Triss in the last one. Um, but I like this story because he, um, the fan fiction author actually explored more people's perspective. So it wasn't just Tobias and Triss. They included, like, Christina and some other people. Christina's her best friend, for those who don't know. I'm not going to get too much into the characters because... <laughs> This whole point of fan fiction is you already know. So if you know who I'm talking about, you know who I'm talking about. If you don't, read the damn books. And then go read some fan fiction. Or just read fan fiction, you'll figure it out. But yes, anyway. But I, I, I was satisfied. This is a better ending than the original. Which I will talk about. Because it makes me angry. But yes, so, Baggins. Okay. Um, the story I chose, uh, it only takes a lie. It's, it's actually by, hold on, Feely Keely Thorn Forever. <laughs> that's the name of the author. That's well, their pen name? Yeah, that's the pen, that's the pen name of the author on, uh, Archive of Our Own. Uh, no dashes, all one word. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, so I, cause I'd actually, cho- I'd actually read two stories. Uh, with which fit all of the parameters. However, I chose to talk about this one because the other one, um, it has a, it's it's 
Oh crap! What's the word? Taboo. It's no. It's it's a slash fic, but like what's? Oh man. Oh god! I can't believe I've forgotten what it's called. A ship. That's what it's called. It's a ship. Oh okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, cause the other one was very shippy. Um, because Thorne and Bilbo get married in that one. So I was like, I'm not gonna talk about that for, cause it may be someone's first introduction into fan fiction and I'm not going to go ahead and throw that right in your face immediately. So this one has no, uh, love story whatsoever. Um, it only takes a lie. Um, as I said, it takes place when Feely's a kid. Um, and anyways, so what happens is, okay, the kid, oh wait. Um, yeah, how it relates to the fandom. Yeah, it just takes place before The Hobbit. So, um, I'm just gonna go ahead and talk about what happens in the story. Okay. Okay, uh, so, as I already said, he talks to that kid who's an asshole. And, um, <laughs> I, I think, think it, I think it turns out that, like, Thorin was somehow responsible for the kid's dad getting arrested. Because the kid's dad was, like, a really bad guy or something. Oh, okay. So the kid decided to take it out on Feely. Okay. Yeah, because, like, in the beginning, it even talks about the kids, like, I'm going to ruin their family because they ruined mine. Interesting. Um, Which, yeah, it's it's a lot of fucked up thinking for a child. But um, medieval times, I guess. I don't know. Um, Anyways, and so the, uh, they basically, the kid get, or feeling, he gets, he gets dropped off at Bofer's toy shop. Um... Because if you don't know, that character is a toy maker in the actual story. But, um, so, and Thorne's like, oh, okay, I'll come get you. And I'll come get you at the end of the day. And, um, so, and then that's when the kid tells him. And then Thorne, because his sister Dis, Feely's mom, goes into labor with Keely. And so Thorne doesn't come for Feely. And so Feely's like, okay, yeah, that kid was right. Because no one came to get me, or Uncle Thorne didn't come to get me. He sent somebody else, so that means he doesn't love me anymore. And then, so, I can't I can't remember her name. But, um, basically, this person who, like, always watches him a lot of the time. Uh, she's awesome. But, uh, it's another, like, Norse-type name. Anyways, and, um, when she, once she picks him up, basically, he waits till her back is turned. And then he takes off running into the woods and out of town. And he, like, goes, I think, under a fence or something, under the wall, because there's, like, a hole somewhere. Okay. Yeah. Um, Nope, sorry. And uh, basically he goes and hides in the woods, and he's crying, hiding under a bush. Well, then you meet uh, Eladan and Elroir. Elroir. Which is uh, a fast fact for you guys who don't know that is those are the sons of Lord Elrond of Imladris or Rivendell. Uh, they literally are his sons. Um, it's in they actually were in the Hobbit book briefly a little bit. Had a cameo. Yeah, but they weren't in the movie. Um, anyways, and so the uh, they show up basically, and because they're they were sent there by their father. Um, uh, they were sent there by their father to um, basically kind of arrange for some rangers to be allowed to venture more into that area outside of, and like away from Rivendell, in order to stop all these wild orc packs that are running around uh, killing people. So, um, and however, 
Elrond knows that Thorin fucking hates elves. Elves. So he sends his sons. Um, oops, sorry. And then uh, basically, yeah, so they end up finding him. And they take care of him. They feed him. And they're and of course, the kid's like, you guys are my new family. And he's <laughs> like, been I'm just going to get He's like, you fed me. I'm yours. <laughs> and so he's like, and he's basically talking about Rivendell. Like, that's his new home because his new his old family doesn't love him. So he can never go back. And um, yeah, and the two of them, they're like, oh, man, he's it, it's almost like a puppy. It's like, oh, I want to keep this puppy so bad because he's so sweet. But dad would be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but then they're also like, we have to take him back to his family because this surely this is just a ridiculous uh, misunderstanding, which it is. It's just a big, ridiculous misunderstanding. But um, yeah, and so they're like, OK, well, we'll take him back tomorrow once the sun comes up and we'll go we'll walk around and surely people will recognize him um and then we can get him back to his family well and then it kind of bounces back and forth between them and then into town when um the i wish i remembered what her name was but where his nanny essentially is trying to find him and she's like recruiting all these other people to help her like Balin and Dwalin and stuff like that and they're all but like without letting other people know that he's missing trying to keep it low-key trying to find him but um yeah so they end up um they end up coming in to go to a tavern Mm -hmm. to get food and whatnot um and then it starts storming and Balin and Dwalin just barely miss them and so they were like this close to finding them but they just barely miss them because it starts, it's about to start storming. So we're like, okay, well, we have to go back out to the woods and get our stuff. Otherwise, it'll be ruined. And so, however, once they're out there, there is an invading orc pack that shows up to basically slaughter everyone in the town. Of course. But as it orcs comes will do. The, yeah, but it comes through, they come through the woods to, and that's when, uh, and of course, Eladan and Elorir both, uh, very accomplished elven warriors they deal with that shit <laughs> um, however the dwarves in the town have realized it as well because they whatever lookout or whatever i can't remember what it is i think it's a lookout season basically right and so they everyone starts you know mobilizing to go to battle and whatnot including thorin and that's also when he finds out that his nephew is missing and oh. they figure out that um i think they somehow figure out that that's where he is that feely is out in the woods where the orcs are i can't remember how but um basically yeah so they all kind of they all go out into the woods and there's this big battle um eladan and elorir basically kill a majority of all the orcs and then however one of them sneaks past and shoots feely with a poison a, a morgul arrow uh, which is basically, it's like the stone that's poisoned and it's like, it's basically, it's really shitty. You okay. don't want to get shot with one of these, okay, because you die. Unless you have like elven healing somewhere within a short period of time, you die. Okay. And um, so, yeah, and then they rush him back to the town and um, uh, of course, like, uh thorin who hates elves already is like you guys almost got my nephew killed you guys are the worst da, 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 da. 
And um, his mom has just had his other son, or her other son, uh, Keely. Um, and so the elves end up doing, you know, their magical elf thing and healing him, saving his life. And so she's like, I'm so grateful to you guys. You guys saved my son. Don't listen to my stupid fucking brother. He's just a dick. Um, you guys are the best. Anyways, and so uh, basically, and then they just start talking. And they explain the misunderstanding. And then there's a big heartfelt moment when um, Thorin and, and when Feely make up. And he's like, oh, of course I love you. You're like the best thing ever dwarves would never get rid of one of their babies because you guys are so rare and da 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 um which is canon <laughs> they're very protective of dwarflings elves are the same way with elflings because you know they're so rare um why are children so rare well because okay with dwarves there's so few dwarf women and it's hard for even uh i think tolkien even wrote that like it's very hard for d- even dwarf males to recognize dwarf women without actually talking to this person and so, like, and beyond that, there's also very few dwarf women. So there's not a lot of babies happening. And so it's it's very rare. Uh, basically, like, on ecological scale, they'd be the first ones to die out is the dwarfs. Um, <laughs> just They're on the extinction list. Yeah, just from pure, like, lack of being around. Are they and like then, pandas? Kind of. Are they the pandas? Like, they, like, they the only have universe? babies when, like, there's intervention to, like, set them up in a cage somewhere, and there's, like, okay. But, um, breeding programs. <laughs> um, Tolkien got a lot darker. Dwinder. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, and then with elves, they're immortal, so they don't have a lot of kids. Otherwise, the earth would be fucking crawling with them. Because they live so they're just ever, and then then eventually they're like, well, I've lived here long enough, and then they just sail off into the distance <laughs> toward Amon, um, which is like heaven for for elves, except um, they're alive still. So they're like, called the Undying Lands, um, but yeah, so they don't have a lot of babies. I don't know direct. I don't know if it's like it's difficult for them to have kids, or like if. Um, one of the Valor were just like, oh, well, you're only having, like, one baby every, like... Thousand years. Every, well, no, because they live, like, like a 2,000-year-old elf, like, Legolas, he's, he's a little over 2,000 years old in the events of the, uh, Lord of the Rings. He's, like, the youngest elf, and he's basically, like, old teenager at 2,000-something years old, and he's, like, the youngest elf uh, that is alive. Okay. But yeah, so um, anyways, back to the story. But yeah, so dwarflings are very, very precious to uh, dwarves. Yeah. Precious. <laughs> anyways, um, <laughs> Please tell me that line was used, because if not, they missed an opportunity. No, it was not used. Dang. Um, I'm disappointed now. But yeah, and so uh, basically, yeah, there's like a starfell moment, and then, uh, and then it gets sad again. Um, because Elodan and El Ruir have to leave soon, but there's, like, a little bit of bureaucracy before that where they're like, okay, we have to make these arrangements with the rangers. That's the whole reason we came here before all this nonsense happened. Um, and so, basically, they set up a thing where, like, the rangers can come show up, and then there are these select dwarves that are going to go train with the rangers to, you know, just improve the protection of these towns that are around. Um... And then the two of them have to leave. And so there's, like, lots of crying and whatnot. But, yeah. But, I mean, it doesn't... 
the reason I was like, oh, well, you know, it's, it's, it because it, at first, when I first chose the story, I was like, oh, well, it could be AU because it takes place in the past, but they change it because, oh, these two elves show up and save Feely, and I was like, so then Thorin's not going to hate elves anymore, but no, it, he still hates elves at the end of the story. <laughs> he still hates elves, don't worry, um, because in, in fact, it, like, he just begrudgingly respects these two specific elves, because he's like... He's like, I, I, okay, I understand that you need to, you, <clears throat> you need to get this done, but um, I fucking hate you guys, so I'm not gonna be a part of the negotiations, despite the fact that like I run this, the dwarven half of this settlement, because it's uh, Ered Lewin, uh, is like half dwarven, half human, like because there's a human town right there on the outskirts of it. Um, okay. But yeah, and um. He he's like, yeah, so I'm not going to be a part of these negotiations because I'm not going to be fair about it at all. And so he was like, you're just going to you're going to do that with Balin and Dwalin and whatever. But um, yeah, so he still he like he wouldn't even negotiate with him. But yeah, he's still like, I don't yeah, I don't like elves at all. So it didn't really it didn't change anything Um, except uh, the only difference is Feely didn't get all excited when they showed up in Rivendell. <laughs> That's the only thing that possibly could have changed is that he didn't, he didn't get all excited when they showed up in Rivendell. I mean, he should still be excited because that was his new home. Yeah. That well, was yeah. the home he never had. Yeah, like, but that's what I was saying. That's the only thing that really would have been different, yeah. honestly, that I could think of was that um, if the, those events had literally happened, that he probably would have been more excited to show up in the find themselves in Rivendell, probably would, like, looked around for his pseudo-brothers and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. Anyways, that's... That's my story. Well, so... Did I butchered? My story... So it's hard to... Oh, I don't know how I'm actually going to talk about my story, so it's kind of hard to talk about my story because... To do that, I have to kind of, like, talk about the other book... Because they, it's basically like a substitute. So, okay, so I want to preface this by saying when I when I first read it, it said works instead of allegiant or after it, and that is a fallacy. It does not work after it. Because and this is spoiler: Triss dies. The main character dies in the original book, like in the actual like series. She dies, which I'm not gonna lie, I actually was on board with. <laughs> Don't judge me, folks. I like when the main characters die. Uh, for two reasons. One, everybody loved lo- the Hobbit. Yeah, well, I do. Well, Three of them die. I know. That's honestly, I, I wanted, I wanted, uh, I wanted Elijah Wood to die, but he didn't. I was hoping he'd fall into the volcano. That's Lord of the Rings. That's a different book. It's the same series. It's the same series. It's a different book. It's the same series. Yeah, I wanted Bilbo to die too, but okay. To be fair, I never read The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings until after Lord of the Rings came out. <laughs> Uh, and then I only ever saw like Hobbit cartoon. So you're gonna have to reserve okay. your Hobbitness here. Okay. And just accept I'll that try. I wanted Elijah Wood to die. Okay. So yes. So I wanted. I I like when main characters die. Uh, like most of my favorite things have the main character dying. Like my favorite movie has the main character dying. My favorite book has the main character dying. Um, I think one of my favorite albums probably has a main character of a song dying. Anyway, you'll notice a trend. Um, but I like it because for two reasons. One, it to me it adds f- like finite closure. Like once you're dead, that's it. Unless it's I guess like the fucking elves. 
which would piss me off. I'm not gonna lie. That's a cop out. Fuck the elves. Well, no, like they don't. They don't die. They just they get on a boat and they go to the Undying Lands, where they do the exact opposite of die. Oh my forever. god. No, like if they because there's only like two ways for them to genuinely die, and that is if they die of a broken heart, which is called fading. Uh, which often happens, like if their spouse is killed. Um, and then if they are slain in battle, because they, they don't get sick. So they can't, like, die of a disease. They don't die of old age. But um, they can yeah, die. So yeah, they can die. It's either they die of a broken heart or they are physically fucking murdered. Okay. Yeah. All right, which well, is how most of them, if they die, they die because they died on the battlefield. Okay. All right. Well, I can get on board with that then. But anyway, so the point is, no cop-outs, though. Like, the character has to actually die. Like, no Buffy shit. Where you die and then you come back a bajillion times and there's suddenly a thousand fucking slayers. Yeah. <laughs> so, fuck you, Buffy. <laughs> Pull a Gandalf, come back stronger than before. <laughs> uh, see, now, I wasn't as mad about Gandalf because he was a wizard, so I could, like, kind of justify, like, how wizards may not actually die. But, like, Voldemort and Harry Potter, just fucking die. Honestly, I, I was really, like, people are going to hate me for this statement. I was hoping Harry Potter would die. <laughs> If you ever read the series, spoiler alert, he doesn't. But, like, I was... Well, really... I mean, like, briefly. No, kind of, yeah. But it's a cop-out, because he's not really dead. He was like, anyway, that made me angry. We're not going <laughs> to talk about that. So, point moral of this is I like when the main character dies. Uh, and the second reason I like it, uh, besides... So, the first reason is because it's, like, a, a final ending. And the second reason is because it's usually more dramatic. Like, I have just found that, like... It just is a more kind of like heartbreaking, emotional ride when they die. You know a book you would like? War Horse. <laughs> I've seen the movie. It, the book hurts more. Okay. I think that was the movie, wasn't it? War Horse? Yeah, they yeah, made yeah, a movie about okay, it. Like, and then the book took off. But yeah, no, the book is so heartbreaking. I cried. No, I can't do animal death. I, 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 I amend my statement. Well, no, it's like every person who ever rides this horse dies. Oh, I'm fine with that. Because he's a war horse. Yeah, I'm fine with that. What I don't like is like... I think the horse dies too, though. <laughs> no, I can't handle that. Like, all dogs go to heaven killed me. The only time I don't want the main characters to die is when they're animals. So fuck you, all dogs go to heaven. <laughs> That's, that movie fucked my screen. Anyway. Anyways. Yeah, oh, we're getting way off topic. So, this is what we do. But anyway, so Triss dies in the actual book, and I like that. I didn't like why she died, because so the beginning of the book and the end of the book were, were pretty solid. The middle was complete and utter shit. It was very muddled. The characters just forgot the entire like personas they had developed in the first two books and reverted back to the most childish version of themselves, like petty, and it was, oh, it was really, really bad. So, it made me angry, <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Allegiant made me very, very angry. Um, so, with that, I liked the fan fiction determinant, which is by the pen name for the author is Wind Chimed. Um, but I liked it because it de- it developed a story very very similar. had had kind of like parallels between Veronica Ross' actual story. Um, Without losing the character's um, personality and their development. It, the, the fan fiction author did a great job at continuing to develop the characters, 
using the personalities that left off at the end of the second book and basically redoing it. Um, but it cannot be a sub, it cannot be a, a after Allegiant because, like I said, Triss dies and her ashes get spread to the wind. And since she lives in this, that's kind of not gonna fucking happen. <laughs> uh, also, she's in the entire story, so again, not gonna really fucking happen. Like, unless, I guess, you ignore the part of her dying and then... No, anyway, it can't be an add-on. It's basically a substitution, period. Which I did not know when I started reading it, so that was interesting. But basically, in Allegiant... So, so Divergent is a story about basically, like, a group of... I don't know. I don't remember how many people, but a small civilization that's post-war, and they are divided into these factions, and the faction system breaks down, and they go out into the real world. And that's where Legion picks up. And that is relevant because that is where Determinant picks up. That's where the fanfiction picks up. And um, so that's what happens with Determinant. So they're going out into the real world, and they find that um, there are other cities that were like theirs, um, that didn't necessarily have the faction system, but basically their city was unique, uh, but there's a whole network of other, like, townships and cities. Um, and the population is kind of under the rule of this... Uh, I can't remember if they ended up... I forgot if they kept the Genetic Bureau name or not. But basically this bureau that kind of mind controls everyone. So if you step out of line, uh, they can find you and then you get punished. Um, there's very like strict regulations and everybody has like a chip in their neck, uh, which is if you guys, if you've read the book, then it's playing off of, uh, something that happened in the first Divergent book. Um, but they have like a chip in them that, uh, lets them be mind controlled. So anytime there's an announcement, they all like turn and the announcement goes through the airwaves. So what happens is, is like Trius and Tobias and like, a, so they have this whole expedition and they all inject themselves with the chip so that way they can know when the radio transmission is going because they're trying to go basically dismantle this crazy bureau that's controlling everybody. And there's some... So, so one of the interesting scenes I really liked was there's one where, like, Triss... So basically whenever a message goes out, everybody stops everything they're doing and immediately, like, I don't... I think turns and face west or some kind of bullshit, but they all turn and face wherever they are relevant to the bureau building they will turn to face the bureau building so if they're facing north and the bureau is east of them they will turn east and they're in um i think a hospital or something or a clinic and uh a message comes out so everybody turns and tris notices so children don't get the injection until they're older but tris notices that a woman so basically one had her baby and she had set it on the counter and so everybody turns so the woman ignored her baby and, um, and that's the whole thing is like, basically when it happens, everybody's hundred percent of control unless you're divergent. And then they're, they're also killing the divergence. So I have a question. Yeah. With the announcements, do literally just people with the chip hear it? Mm-hmm. Okay. So like they're the only way you could, if you didn't have the chip, the only way you would know is that you would see other people just turning and silently standing there. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's like a tell. So that's how they can tell people who are like either divergent or people who aren't part of their civilization and then they basically kidnap them and kill them. Because okay. um, they outsiders are... Like, basically, the Bureau wants everybody, like, under their control. Um, so Triss notices this baby is, like, about to wander off the counter. So she tries to, like, stealthily move to, like, stop the baby. 
and she does stop the baby. But what happens? So everybody they hear the messages and they turn, but then they're also still kind of aware of their surroundings. So people then see her move and report her. Oh wow! Yeah. So it's like this crazy. Anyway, it was really cool how it. So it was very, very much like with the whole um, kind of like adventure, um, high adrenaline of. Uh, the high adrenaline parts of like the third book really got played into this and then also kept the characters so one of the main reasons I like the Divergent series is because Divergent series oh my gosh is mm-hmm. because uh, I don't like love triangles and that's actually one of the reasons why I progressively like the Hunger Games less um, I don't like love triangles because I'm sorry get the fuck over yourself like, I didn't, I didn't, like, I, that's why I never, like, that's why I didn't like Twilight, it's why I didn't like The Host, which I only watched the movie, I didn't even read the goddamn book, and I just can't, I can't handle Love Triangle. Well, in Divergent, there is no Love Triangle, there's only Triss and Four. And I was like, this is perfect, thank God. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Veronica Roth, for developing these beautiful people. And then subsequently, she crushed my soul. <laughs> in the third book because she completely undermined all of the development they had had as, as partners. <laughs> and I was mad. I'm, I'm really salty about it. I haven't read Allegiant in like three or four years and I'm still salty. <laughs> but anyway, but so Determinant really kind of like builds that relation, builds upon that relationship, which I really like. And um, it has a good ending. I actually think it's funny because a lot of this stuff, so... The Divergent world is very fantastical in that um, it doesn't necessarily match kind of like what could be a current reality. So it is very much, you know, like future. I wouldn't, I wouldn't really, I don't know if a dystopian novel would be the exact because it's more of like a post, it's not really post-apocalyptic, maybe dystopian would be more on point, but it's more like a post-war. So it's like, this is the fallout from the war and how people are kind of like, progressing to deal with it and um i like that it's kind of but it, it, it's very fantastical it, the problem i had with the third book is that it was almost too fantastical like it just got weird like you built this whole fantastical realm and then you kind of tried to bring science into it and i was like that's just make some shit up at this point. Like, mm-hmm. you had this whole faction system. Uh, there's, like, crazy technology. You have, like, truth serums and, like, mind control serums. And, like, just make some shit up. And then it's like, no, science. And I was like, I don't... <sighs> the science isn't even accurate. What mm-hmm. the fuck? Okay. But Determinant doesn't really do that. It, it kind of keeps with the fantastical which I like. So it's very much, uh, like, with the same kind of vibe as the first two books, which I, again, really liked. It was just the third one that destroyed it for me. I Okay, here's how... So I don't know if you guys have determined this from, from listening to me speak, but I know my friends know this. I will read a book, even if it's shitty, because once I start something, I have to finish it. Yes. So <laughs> I stopped reading Allegiant for three weeks. And then it bothered me, so I had to finish it. But I stopped. Now, sometimes if I start reading a book, and I, like if I'm about a chapter in, I can put the book down and not keep going. But basically, after I'm like in the second or third chapter, it doesn't matter how crappy it is, I'm going to finish it. I've read some really shitty books because of this like problem I have. 
Um, <laughs> but I actually put it Legion. I was I was so done by the third chapter. I got halfway through and I was like, I have to like stop and read something. Like I had to have like a mind cleanser to then continue reading the dribble that was the third book. <laughs> I realize I'm being very harsh, and if you actually liked Allegiant, I'm sorry. Um, based on the reviews I read, you are the minority of this <laughs> fandom <laughs> because nobody liked it. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, so Determinant was very much a good... So if you ever want to read Divergent and you read Allegiant and you hate it, this is kind of like a good good brain cleanser for a more like apt world building of the world that Veronica Roth started. I feel so guilty. Like, she's the author, and I feel like I should respect her vision, but it was a terrible vision, so <laughs> I'm just going to substitute somebody else's. And, like, and if anybody ever asks me, and, like, if anybody ever asks me and they like fan fiction, I'm going to tell them this is the actual book. Like, this is the third book. Just I'm just going to ignore the reality <laughs> that the other one exists. In like, but not in polite society, because you can't talk about fan fiction in polite society. <laughs> like no you guys seriously she she just published it online it's it's the secret third book you remember how 50 shades of gray went down it's very much like that no no not for not actually don't, you guys can't see fluffy's face or you can't see back his face she's looking at me like i'm crazy like it's not actually what, like that how what what was the third book wonky no no that's what i'm saying i didn't so, read that either what are you talking you read 50 shades no i didn't read it no i was talking about you remember how 50 shades was a fan fiction Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's what okay. I was saying. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> That's what oh you meant. I god. thought I thought you meant that the third book was really terrible and didn't stay true to the characters and I was gonna be like, but wait, didn't weren't the characters really terrible in the first two? Yeah, no. Did they suddenly get better? <laughs> <laughs> Which from the movie, I saw a preview for the movie, it seems like they did. Like, I don't know. From the preview, it was like, Oh yeah, I am my own person now. I don't know, it was weird. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't read them, though, so I don't know what's going on. I just know that everyone hates these books because it's an abusive relationship. Oh, well, I don't think we have enough time to talk about my problems with Fifty Shades of Grey. I never read the rest of them. Okay. I'm split about Fifty Shades of Grey. On one hand, I like it because it did bring, like, BDSM into the mainstream. And I am all for anything that brings, like, sexuality into a more, like, forgiving light because... The world is still very much, very like, like Puritan about sexuality. Like, oh, it's a thing behind closed doors. Like, bitches, just let your titties <laughs> and your vulva and your penis hang out and just, it's fine. It's a body. It's okay. Don't touch it if it's not yours or you don't have permission. Everyone's gravy. Like, it's not a big deal, guys. If somebody wants to like get spanked or get pegged, or if you don't know these terms, you can Google them. Um, or like be strung don't up. Don't click pictures. <laughs> yeah, or strung up by their toes and have tomatoes thrown at them. Like who cares? Like who does this really affect? So that was my pro. My con though was that it is a terrible BDSM relationship that they have. Because it breaks pretty much every... So um, in the BDSM community, there's risk. Which is... I can't remember all what all risk is like. Say, like... Um, safety place like responsibility safety but anyway so so risk is an acronym and i'm being really a really bad representative for this community by not remembering what risk stands for but it's basically like have safe rough sex <laughs> mm. like yeah we know you want to get your freak on but safety first 
Yeah. And the Fifty Shades of Grey was, oh, there was no safety. Like, she's a safe word. It's like, basically, he's like, you need to sign this contract, which is my my non-disclosure agreement for all of my, like, BDSM partners uh, before we can have sex. And then she doesn't sign it. He's like, okay, well, I guess we can have sex. And I'm like, that's not, what? And then she'll tell him to, like, stop, and he doesn't. And I'm like, oh, my God. This is awful. This, this is not, this is really bad. So... Anyway, that is not relevant to our... I guess yeah. it is kind of relevant, though, because uh, if you didn't listen to the last podcast, you don't know this. Um, or if you've been living under a rock, but Fifty Shades of Grey was actually a Twilight fan fiction that the author then, like, reworked and published. Or had published. She didn't publish herself, but and then had published. And then made a fuck ton of money on. Yeah. So... The shit blew up. Oh my gosh, it did. They had like, oh, it was like overnight. I feel like this was like, that was like what going viral was before like going viral was an everyday thing. Yeah. Oh, the world we live in. But anyway, so that concludes our lovely fan fiction reviews. Um, (laughs) We haven't really determined what we're going to read next. So... It'll be a surprise. I know what I'm reading. I'm reading lots of kids' books <laughs> for that thematic unit. Yeah, we could do another kids' book. Oh, I could be up for another kids' book. I like the last one I had was very like touching and gave me all the feels. It also gave me all the anger, but it gave me all the feels. Well, no, I mean like legitimate, like read aloud kids' books. Oh, yeah. I'm not talking like kids' chapter books. Oh. I'm talking like the ugly duckling. I mean, I'm fine as long as I get the, uh, what is that? What's the book with the fish with the shiny scales? The rainbow fish. Yes, I claim the rainbow fish. That's on my wish list. The rainbow fish? Yeah, because I have a wish list of children's books that I want to get, but children's books are outrageously expensive because it's like $20 for one book, which is just too much money for a 10-page book. Anyways. (laughs) I have strong feelings about the children's literature market. <laughs> Tell us more, Baggins. <laughs> you don't want me to. It, uh, Maybe that could be our next podcast, The Price of Books. All right. Anyway. All right. I feel like we've gone off topic a lot. I feel like we really have. That's okay. That's what we do. So on that note, uh, have a great night. I'm Fluffy. I'm Baggins. And we will see you next time. Well, we won't see you, but you <laughs> will hear us. Yeah. You really don't have anything to do with this, do you? <laughs> do you even exist? Mm. Or are you just a figment of our imaginations? <laughs> do, 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 do. Bye. <laughs>